right, welcome in on another episode of the Outside the Lines podcast. Today, we will recap the Golden State Warriors win. Warriors in six, congrats to Seth Curry on his first NBA Finals MVP, as well as go through some Iowa State recruiting news. And we have a little bit of a special treat for you guys today. We're going to do a what-if segment. So essentially, some very realistic possibilities that could have happened in Iowa State athletics. What if the other end of the spectrum took took place and we'll dive deep into the rabbit hole and kind of see how everything shakes out for us there but as always we are of course brought to y'all by bnc fieldhouse head on over to bnc fieldhouse for the best drink deals on welch avenue in the best place to watch the big game head on over there on mondays for double shot martinis and monday mules head on over there for tuesdays for Taco Tuesdays, $5 Modelo beer pitcher and $1 tequila shot until 10 p.m. And every single day of the week, they will have deals. They also have vodka pitchers for, for $5, 32 ounces of alcohol for $5, rum pitcher $5, tequila pitcher $5. That's an everyday special. So if you're not heading over there every single day of the week, literally, I don't, I don't know what you're doing. You're, you're not getting the best deal. I'll promise you that. Head on over there, support our boy, Ben. And of course, if you like this podcast, it would mean a lot to us as well. So we will first get started with some, well, should we just get the Golden State Warriors out of the way right now? Sure. Yeah, yeah let's do it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I'm safe to say that, you know, Steph Curry is the greatest shooter of all time. I would say about six years ago, I kept pushing back on that because I didn't want the Steph Curry Golden State Warriors dynasty to truly be as good as it obviously was. You know, I'm a loser. I like cheering for teams that are just losers. So when I see a team like the Patriots or the Golden State Warriors just win year after year after year, I naturally cheer against them. And so I would say, you know, when they're in the thick of things, I was always pushing back on that. I'm like, oh, you know, Ray Allen, Larry Bird. But no, it's it's Steph Curry. And I, I think we're all, yeah, we're, we're in agreement on that, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. I, I mean, Steph's like pushing for consideration is maybe the best point guard of all time. I think that's very fair. I mean, Magic Johnson's got to be up there. Um, but shit, I wasn't old enough to watch him play, so I can't, you know, candidly say that. I think there are certain things that I like about Steph Curry's game, um, you know, more than others, but there, there's something – I don't like Kyrie more than him. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely. There is no. something – but, dude, his handles, the way they he are. finishes down low. I, I think if you can make the perfect point guard, you'd probably have the shooting of Steph Curry above all else, um, maybe the leadership and image of Magic and the down low finishing and handles of Kyrie. I, I don't know. And that, that's just from a dude who's been old or alive for 27 years who hasn't seen it all, but that's that's what I would say. Yeah, I mean, and I don't know, the way Steph has transformed the game is, like, it's it's pretty crazy, the, his impact overall on the game of basketball. And, and I mean, you can say that just shooting in general has, has really impacted it, but he's really been the significant, like, driver of that. And a lot of – you're going to see so many, like, people growing up, too, they're going to try to emulate the way Steph plays because of, you know – how impactful he is on, on the court. And it's, and it's crazy. Like, and he does it all. Like he's always sprinting, running around, all this kind of stuff. It's not just his shooting. Like the way he moves off the ball, the way he gets open, everything that he kind of does, is just, it's extremely impressive. Um, and I think it was, it was nice for him and the Warriors to get another ring also without, you know, Katie there, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I find those rings like, you win a ring, you win a ring, but it is, there is a little bit of like a, okay. I mean, you win a ring and you have like four all-stars and like two MVPs on your team and like, you're pretty loaded. Like, mm-hmm. you like, know, oh, congrats. Nice. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit. So, um, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I think that Steph has definitely started to put himself in this, the sort of the category of like, you can start talking about him being one of the the greatest of all times or the great, like at his position and stuff like that. And that's a pretty high company to be in. So it is, you know, this championship for the warriors feels kind of like LeBron's championship with the Cavs. you know, with the Miami heat almost felt a little too easy. Right. But when he won that with the Cavaliers against uh, on the, on the other end of things, it was the golden state warriors, you know, one of the greatest teams of all time, and he won that and is like, man, that championship hit a little bit different than they did in Miami. This one was Steph. 
you know, after so many people were downing them after Clay's injury, after Draymond and, and all of them just kind of age. And of course, after, you know, Durant's departure, they were thinking, are they actually going to get it done? And they proved everyone wrong, obviously. And, you know, they proved, um, wow, I, I'm blanking on the owner and the GM, geez. but anyway, the, the business that they run in Golden State is just so impressive. Like transforming Andrew Wiggins to become the juggernaut that he was through the playoffs was something that literally no other franchise did that had him. So it's just like, you know, credit to them. They're, they're winners. I'm a loser. And they're always going to be winners as long as they have Steve Kerr and Steph Curry there. So credit to them. You just got to throw your hands up and say, all right, they're, they're pretty damn good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's truly, you know, easily a dynasty. It's a dynasty that's had a couple runs here or not even a couple runs. Like they had, they had a injury ridden year. Um, and that was about it that prevented them from continuing to be in the, the championship, you know, like talks, but other than that, they've, they've really been a formidable, formidable dynasty here that, you know, it's basically been them and LeBron that have been who wins the title type deal. So yeah, um, true. But, you know, but yeah. You, you said that he kind of transformed the game. Did you see that viral video of these two high school um, schools playing against each other? And they literally made like eight or nine back-to-back three-pointers from basically NBA range. And the caption was, Steph Curry ruined basketball. <laughs> I mean, he's proving that, you know, shorter guys like us, we're, we're short kings. You know, you, you can make yeah. it if you're good enough. Even I, though I mean, he's still like six four, yeah, six three. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's not ruining basketball. It's just the game adapts. Every game adapts. It's it's the beauty of sport. Um, you know, like football is way different. You know, football in the the seventies and the eighties was about pounding it out, establishing the run, all this kind of stuff. And like your quarterback was lucky if he threw more touchdowns and interceptions. And look at the football that we have now. It's the same thing that's going to happen in basketball. You had a three-point line. You had an incentive to space out. Yeah, it's um, going to change the game, and teams are going to be smart with it. Coaches are going to be smart. People that – GMs, everything, everyone who's run the org is going to be smart about how they should run their offenses and, and what's efficient and what works. You know, the game will keep adapting. There will be some point where, you know, mid-range will open up or, or – something might happen. They might expand out the three-point line that, that could potentially do it too, to make it more challenging so that it's not just this easy thing. You know, we've seen it in college. They've had to expand out the college line like twice now um, because hell, the college line used to be the same as the high school line and that shit's close as hell, you know, like, so mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it, it's just, it, it's silly to say like ruin the game. It's like, he didn't ruin it. He's just playing the game to like optimize it for himself. And like, if you oh, can't yeah. stop him, then tough shit, like figure it out. So. And this was the first NBA finals in history where each game of the finals were decided by double digit points. We saw throughout the entire playoffs. So many of these games were not only double digit points, but pure blowouts. And I think a lot of, you know, what you can blame there is if you have an off night and the other team has an on night is game over. You really just cannot come back from shooting. And I mean, that's what Steph Curry has done. He's transcended this game to a point where, you know, you can kill a team by just shooting the ball really well. And think about it. It makes sense. Like the three point line hasn't existed. I think it's only existed for what, like 25 or excuse me, like 40, 50 years. So obviously as time continues to develop, people are going to continue to get better at shooting. So you're right. I think, you know, um, if we're, if we're trying to tell Adam Silver how to fix basketball, yeah, maybe you do and you know, expand that three point line. I personally think you need to get rid of some games, which is never going to happen because of the money they're going to lose from that. But, you know, that would help with load management and that would make every single more, you know, every single regular season game a lot more valuable. But that's, you know, kind of near, not here nor there. But yeah, the game will continue to develop. And guess what? What Steph Curry is doing right now, he's probably just ages ahead of the game. Probably 20, 30, 40 years from now, everyone's probably going to be shooting like Steph Curry for all we know. so it, it is just pretty impressive to see what he's done. And, and yeah, he's clearly just head and shoulders above any other shooter that I've seen at least. Oh, by far. It, it's, it's not even close at this point. Like he's, he's run away with that title and it, I don't know. You can always say that there's probably going to be someone that'll come along and it, it you know, stats would probably say that's true too, but 
right now he, he's setting a very high bar and it's going to be hard for anyone else to kind of get, get in his, in his space, be in that space of, of challenging him of, of great shooter because of the way that he plays and, and just his numbers and accolades and stuff. So. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, moving on, we got some Iowa state recruiting updates for you. Um, Jamison Patton out of Ankeny, three-star DB just committed to ISU. He chose ISU over plenty of other schools as well as another in-state commit three-star Cooper Ebel. Um, he's, he's listed as an athlete. I believe he's played a linebacker and quarterback, but hell of an athlete that we have. Um, and as well as gosh, who am I, who am I missing? Who am I missing? We got former Juco DB miles Norwood who committed to ISU over Bama, Syracuse and Kentucky to name a few. He's uh, one of the greatest, you know, junior college transfers that's out there. And I don't have this list. I don't think I've mentioned Kai Black on our last uh, episode. Did I? I'm not sure. Maybe I did. If, if I didn't, um, Kai Black also committed wide receiver out of Urbandale. And um, I did mention that last episode. You did, but yeah. Because, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Might as well mention again, you know. Yeah, might as well. We are finally winning the in-state battle, especially against Iowa. Uh, and the last one I did not mention was – Oh my gosh, this, this guy's last name is Akinshilo. Oh boy, I'm not even going to attempt his first name, but he's again 300 town, 310 pound Juco offensive lineman. Um, and yes, I mean, football is looking pretty solid, man. I mean, Matt Campbell is hot on the recruiting trail as always. And I mean, it, it just continues to get better every year, it feels. Look, I mean, you know. When I was at Iowa State, we didn't win more than three games a year. Um, and that makes it hard to win in-state recruits when you're the school that's not having success on the field. And, and you know, obviously this last year wasn't what we exactly wanted, but you're still getting seven, eight, nine wins a season and you're, you're stacking those. Like you're, you're going to get the younger generation's attention. And, you know, they, they also – like you get people drafted. Like that's the other thing too, like developing and dra- getting players drafted. That's, that's a huge – aspect and an element that you can use in recruiting too so a lot of positive factors here for the clones that we're seeing you know help helping us out on the the recruiting trail Mm -hmm. and this is unique but uh our basketball team also gained a former quarterback from kansas i guess we'll see how this goes (laughs) i mean I don't know. I mean, he, he's let's just be straight up here. Former Kansas football player. I mean, he's a QB, so he's probably got some ball skills on him. But uh, I'm just going to say, yeah, we'll, we'll see how this goes. At this point in basketball, I don't think we can be too big. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> oh, gosh. You know what Iowa State's been doing really well, though, specifically with their football program? They have really leaned into social media and just the overall aesthetics of recruiting that not a lot of schools are embracing. I mean, obviously, Oregon probably did it before any other school out there, but, you know, they're creating this wall of the different Iowa State logos on helmets um, and, you know, dressing up these recruits in all Iowa State gear and kind of doing this photo op opportunity. And it might sound kind of lame that I'm, you know, verbalizing this right now, but those are some of the recruiting efforts that this younger generation is really getting into like, Hey, you want a really cool, you know, Instagram photo to show to your followers that, Hey, you're getting an offer from Iowa state. Here's an awesome photo you can throw on there. Not every college is doing that. I don't even, I, I I'm sure I was probably doing a portion, but they're like, I, Iowa state just does it very, very well. They're leaning into it. The black uniforms, again, make fun of it if you want to, but these are things that this newer generation, these younger kids are really, you know, enjoying. I think that's kind of, some of the advantages that Iowa state is, um, you know, finding in, in the recruiting. Look, we have historically one of the worst program histories. We are not good. We're one of the worst power five institutions. Um, so it, you can say it's against tradition or norms or whatever, but like the tradition and norms haven't fucking worked. Like when have we seen success from those tradition and norms? It's like, that's why the black uniforms thing is always so funny to me because people are like, blacks aren't colors. It's like, it doesn't matter. Like the recruits come here. And like, if you are from, you know, whatever, like the state of Florida or Texas or whatever, you might not know much about Iowa state. You probably also don't give a shit. Like 
that like oh these black uniforms aren't their normal school color like they just look cool they really do it's that simple the uniforms look cool and that attracts a, a 17 16 year old like student athlete like it's just that simple you know like they're like cool ass uniform i want to be in that I, I want pictures that kind of stuff and that's what you have to play to you are you have to know your audience that you're recruiting to and like it's like tradition hasn't worked so like why keep following the tradition it makes no sense so i i, I will never have any like issues and I, i'm glad like social media is a huge thing like kids care about that shit it's very important and everyone wants that kind of stuff they want to be able to post things they they want to get that stuff out to their friends and, and family and I think it's great to be allocating resources there. That's that's where marketing's going in general. So it's just it's it's very smart use of resources by Iowa State, and you know that's that's always been their forte. Like they go out and they just grind out. Mm-hmm. Like they, you know, they're casting a wide net early to try and get as many good people, and they try to form a lot of these great relationships, all this kind of stuff. And you know, they have gotten success with that and i trust them to get success with this as we kind of get to this point where we can maybe be a little bit more picky with recruits or we can kind of try and and get you know higher rated ones or whatever with it so yeah and i think one of the only things that's still out there is that damn iowa state block logo uh which you know this is actually making a lot of sense that bugle logo that we unveiled was probably their efforts to get a new logo that was a little bit more you know just cooler uh, and obviously that flops. So, you know, swing and a miss, at least they acknowledge their mistake and, you know, back to the drawing board. I expect to see a new logo within two years. Do you think that's a fair assessment? I don't know. I feel like Pollard loves his I state logo. I, I, I dude, think... all he does is just change the colors like microscopically. And he's like, Oh, new logo. It's like, Oh dude, no, it's not. Come on. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I would love a new logo. I, I personally despise the black eye um and think it's very boring when we have the most unique nickname like no one else is the cyclone so like why not lean into that mm-hmm. but whatever um it is what it is i guess but I, I would not be on the train of i think they're gonna try and do a new logo i don't know that bugle one so bad too it's they bad. tried they tried they didn't think it through but they tried yeah well We'll see how that goes. But hey, some big news for our listeners. Newt, you ready for a nice little applause? Yep. We have super producer Liam joining us today. Woo! Woo! Clap. Clap it up. Clap it up, baby. Yeah. Showed up 10 minutes but, later. Yeah. He made Thank it. you for your service. <laughs> it's good to be back. You guys also uh, can't see this. Newt, your uh, mustache is looking better than ever. Uh, wow. I'm excited. To, I'm excited to do this. Um. <laughs> We're, whoa, what's going on there, Mason? What'd you do? Yeah. So this is another thing you guys can't see, but um, I was trying really hard to, you know, shave quickly because I was really excited to record. Um, mm. So I, you know, just built up excitement, all this adrenaline. Oh my gosh, I'm about to record. So I just cut the hell out of my face while shaving. So you guys can't see it, but I have one, two, three. I have four different, like, you know, ripped off pieces of toilet paper just covering my flesh wounds on my face from, I don't think I know how to shave. Like I, I every you definitely don't. three times you're I shave, getting... I don't. That that happened to me last week. But people say uh, podcasting isn't a combat sport. But uh, people Mason might disagree with them. So yeah, to any to any of you idiots out there that think that what we're doing is easy, okay, you try and start a podcast. Actually, don't because it's it's as saturated as everyone says, and um, don't. Don't don't take any of our listeners away from them. I'll I'll make sure we'll we'll be selling maybe next week. We'll we'll get in touch with some of the dis- many distributors we have. We could do like a podcast veteran hat for you, Mason, if that if that works yeah. out. We are approaching um, almost one full year of this podcast, which is actually pretty cool. You know what? We should get like Harry's or Dollar Shave Club to sponsor because you know I want to be having these issues if, if if maybe we were sponsored by them. What'd you use to shave? Maybe we can shun them from any future sponsorships because we have so many offers. Uh, Gil- Gillette. We're, oh. we're not, we're not. So it's, go it's not anymore. the best a man can get. No, no Patriots, no Patriots collapse <laughs> in the near future. Definitely not. No, this, this shaving, this was absolutely the worst I've ever had in my entire life. Like sometimes I'll cut myself, you know, here and there, but 
not four times in one session. So, you know, thoughts and prayers. Thank you. Yeah, that was talking <laughs> shaving. <laughs> that was talking shaving. All right, we ready to move on to our what if segment? Liam, new? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Yeah, I'm born ready. Let's do this. So, like I said earlier in the episode, this is kind of a new segment. I don't even know if we're going to do this again, but we are going to pick a couple events in Iowa State Athletics history that could have very well gone in a different direction. And we'll dive down the rabbit hole, you know, embrace the butterfly effect as to what could happen. It could be some good outcomes and it could be some bad outcomes. Um, Newt, do you want to start or do you want me to start? Or you know what, Liam, do you have anything? Do you, do you want to start? Yeah, so so I'm I'm lucky on this stage. I hate to be the one I ran barstool guy, but when I ran barstool, uh, I did I did Mount Rushmore's every summer that I ran it. And uh, I did the Mount Rushmore of Iowa State hypotheticals that I have pulled up on my screen right now. And I have 16 Iowa State hypotheticals. Uh, okay. Some of them are completely ridiculous and have nothing to do with sports. And some of them do. So I'll pick two. And you guys tell me which one you want to hear first. Uh, well, we don't know your options. So I, I can't tell you which one I want to hear first. Well, uh, do, you want, do you want a <laughs> non-sport related one or a sport related one? Actually, how about this? We'll do sports. Okay. And since you okay. have a, apparently 16 options, how about Newt and I go first? Because we only have two. Yes. That and then you just great. pick whatever ones we don't use. Okay. I think okay. I think Newt. my sports option was on, is definitely on one of your guys' lists. So Newt, I'm gonna say you go first. Okay, I'll go first. Um, my first uh what if is what if the 2016 or sorry. The oh, what is it? No, the 2015 team. What's the 20? Yeah, I know. What if the 2015 Iowa State football team does not blow a 35 to 14 uh, lead against Kansas State? Does Paul Rhodes stick around for what would be his eighth season the next year? Um, or you know, like, and I think that that was one thing that was probably the biggest like nail in the coffin of Paul Rose's tenure. Which, if he does stick around for another year, does Iowa State have Matt Campbell? Probably mm-hmm. not either. Um, and so that's kind of the biggest what if of of you know, Jamie Pollard's always been pretty loyal with a lot of his coaches. He seems to give them more time than I think uh, longer leashes than maybe other ADs do with their coaches. It's also the fact of being Iowa state, I think as well, but you know, you could say like, Hey, they knocked off one of their biggest rivals in K state and you know, four wins more than they had the previous year, double actually they had two wins previous year. So, you know, maybe give them another year and then you're also not worrying about buyouts, that kind of stuff too. Um, But yeah, then, Matt Campbell's maybe not on the market the following year. If you know Paul Rhodes maybe doesn't have a great year after that, but that that's my biggest one. If and then how does that impact Iowa State football? Mm-hmm. Um, you know I don't I don't know if based on our track record, if if you know we're getting Paul Rhodes for another year, let's say another three and nine season. That's being fair, I think. Um, and then we're looking at head coach King candidates the next year. You know, I I just I don't think that if Matt Campbell's off the market, that there's a lot of people that could kind of do what he's done here at Iowa state kind of this culture changing, you know, Iowa state's always been a stepping stone program and Matt Campbell could easily be still using us as a potential stepping stone, but um, he's also done a really good job of establishing a good culture. If it, if he does step away at some point. So that was kind of my biggest, what if, and how it would impact us. I, I think the biggest, what if is like, you know, in hindsight, it's, you're kind of glad that this team, melted down because I don't think we get a better replacement uh, versus Matt Campbell, or at least a replacement that would have the impact or sort of the um, buy-in to Iowa state that Campbell has kind of brought uh, with that hiring as well. So that's a good one. I I heard um, if we didn't land Matt Campbell, we were actually going to go straight to straight out East and try and snag Brian Ferentz. So, (laughs) you know, if that would be the case, we'd already have, you know, two national championships under our belt. Let's be honest. Yeah. You know, that's a great long running Twitter joke of Brian Ferentz being like the head coaching candidate for every, every job. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's scary to think about. It really is. And it's, it, it, it's scary to even think about if Matt Campbell ever leaves too, because you'd hope that, uh, you know, we're 
in a, a good spot, one that would be a little bit more inviting than, um, you know, where we were when we had to get him. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's one that, like, honestly, when I was watching that KC game and it got tied up, I was rooting for us to lose because I was like, I can't do another year of roads. Like, I, I won't watch this team anymore. You, you get that apathetic fan base, too, of just, like, I can't keep watching this, like, thing that's not working, try and, and, try and keep doing it. So, that's yeah. This is, like, a really, really dramatic and kind of harsh thing to say. But I always said that Paul Rhodes' tenure toward the end of it it was kind of like, you know, your family puppy that you love so much. That's like, you know, may, maybe one person in the family is like, ah, you know, he's still kicking it. You know, we don't need to put him down. And everyone's like, oh, man, no, I think I think it's time. <laughs> I think it's time. It's like you love him, but uh, maybe just it was time. Um, Get a new dog and name it Brian. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, you bring in little Brian to uh, spice things up. Um, okay. My what if is a throwback to the 2015 Big 12 tournament. I think we all remember this. Going into the Big 12 championship, Iowa State was up by two with like six seconds left. Ryan Spangler down the lane missed a wide open layup. When time was running out, they couldn't get another shot off at the end of it. Boom, Iowa State wins by two, okay? The what if here is what if. Ryan made that layup, which is still just a hilarious thing to, you know, reminisce on. Um, if he misses that layup, here's what we're facing. Momentum swings hugely in Oklahoma's direction going into overtime. Okay. Iowa State's a two seed. Oklahoma's a three seed. I think the advantage Oklahoma has is the momentum, like I said. And a lot of people would argue that Oklahoma was actually better than Iowa State that year. But nonetheless, two seed versus a three seed, it would have been close. Um, Iowa State would have had more so like a like a home court advantage with, with just how well we travel, um, you know, to Sprint Center. I, sh- I should say T-Mobile Center now. Um, but let's just say he makes that layup. There's a very realistic possibility that we end up losing that game. Okay. They would go on to play Kansas. Who knows what happens there? But with that, if Iowa State, oh, my bad. I didn't even finish this. So Iowa State obviously beats Oklahoma. They move on to the championship game. They beat Kansas. Okay. So automatic big to the tournament. We play UAB in the NCAA tournament and we lose, right? Heartbreaking fashion. One of the worst losses in Iowa State history. Now, if Ryan Spangler would have made that layup, Oklahoma wins, and, and you know, we, we're out of the Big 12 tournament. Historically, we play a little bit better in the NCAA tournament when we don't do as well in the Big 12 tournament. You got some stats for you. Um, with the exception of 2000, we went to the Elite Eight with Marcus Pfizer and Jamal Tinsley. Okay. We won the Big 12 tournament that year in 2000. Okay. In 2014, we won the Big 12 tournament and we went to the Sweet 16. So a little bit worse, you know, one round worse. 2015, like I mentioned, won the Big 12 tournament, first round exit, lost to UAB, okay? 2019, won the Big 12 tournament, first round exit again, lost to Ohio State. So, you know, we're continually trending in the wrong direction, especially after we do have these Big 12 tournament wins or even do well in the Big 12 tournament, just historically speaking. So I think, you know, we lose that game to Oklahoma in the semis. We go home get our head right, come in pissed off to UAB. And I think we a get lot different of people said they underestimated them. We, we get, get different, different seeding. We're not a three yes. seed. We don't have a win over number nine, Kansas as well, that we're probably looking at a, and we don't have a win over Oklahoma. We're probably looking at a, a four or five seed heading into that. You know, we You're right. were, you know, yeah. I think after the tournament, we were ranked 10th. Heading into the Big 12 tournament, we were ranked 15th. So we're for sure dropping the seed, you know. We no are. doubt there. And um, I think we go into it with a different mentality. I agree. How we talked about this on the podcast this year. We were like, we don't give a shit how we do in the Big 12 tournament. Yeah. Like we just we want to make sure we like make the tournament, but because we were worried about that too. But it was like this team doesn't need to prove anything here. And it's honestly gonna only like make our seating worse in this case this year. We would have gone from like an eleven to like an eight or nine or something like that. Yeah. But like yeah, it doesn't historically work for us. This team kind of 
for lack of a better word, like blows their load on like early on. And like, because a tournament is that it's like, you're playing so many back-to-back games, you're getting tired. You feel a sense of maybe accomplishment in winning the big 12 tournament that then you're going to the next tournament that you just don't really have that energy in you as much or that motivation potentially, you know, it, it takes a lot to the big 12 tournament. You're always having to knock off at least two like top 20 teams at a minimum to win that thing. Like no doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that's that's hard to do back to back like that quick it is. and and so yeah i don't know I, I i do really like that one and yeah it's one of those where you kind of wish maybe the ball bounces the other way based on what we've seen yeah with hindsight obviously and this is also yeah. isn't exclusive to iowa state i mean with recency bias i would have pretty damn well in the big 10 tournament if we all remember and boom first round exit so this isn't just an you iowa repeat state that again mason thing. yeah i can one more for the people that didn't hear that Yes, um, Iowa lost in the first round this year in March Madness. Wait, wait, that but they, it must team, be a, the, wait, the, the Iowa team that was like a dark horse to go to the final four. Yes. like people were okay, and the one they were the it some must people have even had them winning someone really good, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, Keegan Murray, if you guys know his name, he's projected to go four overall in the NBA draft. So, wait, is it that same team that? Um, Weren't they? They weren't. They couldn't have been the first team that got upset in the tournament, right? It no, wasn't like the first no. big upset of the weekend. They actually were, though. <laughs> you oh, wouldn't believe shit. it, but they actually and, were. And the team that they lost to, they did really well the next game, right? They, they, you know they what? Like, you probably made think, in Sweet Sixteen, right? You would think with how well Iowa was projected to do, but no, they got spanked the next round. Oh, to like that, Richmond, who also lost the next round. So no, that's what my point was. He, the Richmond yes. lost to Providence by thirty the next game. <laughs> that was fun. Cool logo. That though. was fun, man. Cool. The Richmond yeah, Spiders cool is, is a sick logo and, and nickname. Like, let's just be honest. Spiders are cool. Like, spiders are so sick. Yeah. So anyway, that's um that's one of my favorite what ifs. All right. Liam, give us one of yours. If it's either impedes on my last one or Newt's last one, we're going to stop you in your tracks, but uh, just pick your next one. Yeah, so I, I have a bunch of options and, and three three of my biggest sports ones too. Uh, you guys didn't pick, but there's one that stands above for me. I got uh, So I got two that I thought you guys were going to use. That was uh, Hoiberg never leaving and Niang not breaking his foot, but those are pretty typical Iowa State hypotheticals. But I'm going to I'm going to do a little throwback to 2010 when Greg McDermott leaves Iowa State for Creighton. And uh, if Mm. if Greg wouldn't have left, uh, we potentially get Doug McDermott, who people forget Omaha native speaking here. Doug McDermott, one of the greatest college basketball players of all time and also his high school teammate that we potentially bag as well. Harrison Barnes. So that's that's my hypothetical is uh, what if Greg McDermott never left and uh, Doug McDermott and Harrison Barnes stayed home in Ames and went to Iowa State? And that's realistic as hell, too, because I think Iowa State was either top two. I know he was top three for Iowa State. Um, obviously chose UNC and, you know, had a great career there. Uh, Doug obviously chose Creighton and was even the the player of the year with Creighton. I, I know once, was it maybe twice? I know he was up. Up in the running like twice. I think it was twice, but I mean, I should remember going to those games uh, growing up. He, Doug McDermott is one of three players in uh, in NCAA men's basketball history, 3,000 points and 1,000 rebounds. And he scored in double figures in 135 games. That's, That's insane. <laughs> Imagine I mean, walking onto the court for a high school game and seeing Harrison Barnes and Doug McDermott like across the court from you. And you're like, okay, this they is also had Boo Boo Powell. Who, oh um, my gosh, I forgot about Boo Boo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was I? I would say, um, we don't need to get in that, but uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one, Liam. Look at you. Thanks, you came prepared, Liam. I'll re- yours I'll also remember- has a, go ahead. Go ahead yours has a big what if because Mr. Fred Hoiberg never comes back to Iowa State if that's the case. And Hilton Magic Ooh. is not what it kind of became. You know, that's that's a that's a, a really, really big what if. Yeah. Cause yeah. I don't think Pollard's I... f- firing, you know, Doug the, after that year. Like he's on the hot seat. Greg. And I think Doug, or sorry, Greg. We're just talking about that. But I think Greg's on the hot seat, but like Greg 
tried to get off the hot seat by leaving jobs. So, and, and you know what actually could have happened? I believe Otzelberger was a part of his assistant coaching staff yeah. with uh, McDermott. So yep. if McDermott would have even left at a later year, would we would then Ott step into a head coaching job a little bit earlier on? I think that's a very realistic possibility. Not a big Steve what Prom never get tired. I don't know. It's mm. it's a big what if. I'll read off my like crazy that. hypotheticals, non sports related for the people. You guys can throw in a comment. This will take twenty seconds. I have a uh, eleven a.m. football games get permanently banned. Uh, yeah, that's a terrible one. Okay, I like eleven a.m. games. It, uh, it, when it, you're it, out of college, no. two p.m. No, is the best. I like them in college. You you gotta. You're in the minority there, my friend. Look, if, agree. If, I I think there's something to be said if you can crank back a natty light at like six thirty a.m. I I I really do. It's impressive. I you it know. is in that haunted forest. Is calling your name. You make the yes. trek. Yes, I like it, that. I that's that's what I feel about it. I understand it's not great. But I think it, it separates maybe the men from the boys sometimes. You know, there's something a... about an unbrushed mouth and a beer in the morning. You know, not not saying that you don't brush your teeth before you go tailgating. As I say, in college, you wake in college, you wake up at 5 a.m. You reach over, you grab a beer before you even brush your teeth just to get your day started. I, I know I'm not the only one in that in that case. You can shower have beers. the shower beer, but you still yeah. need to brush your teeth during that whole business otherwise you're just oh, gross. I agree. like let's just I be agree. honest you're gross I agree. but i'm just saying you're not brushing your teeth that morning day, you're gross but in the morning good. when you have that beer before you brush your teeth it tastes so sweet man good recovery mason okay that moving on i have uh <laughs> curtis the beardshire being legal uh amazing what if with visha never getting canceled everyone loves to mm. talk about visha 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 uh it's like mason's favorite thing to tweet about for three straight years it's like nothing hey does, let's get it let's get a tweet out mason's like visha back tweet <laughs> gets people going man it does nothing nothing does engagement on the barstool account like bring back hashtag bring back visha yeah guaranteed crowd pleaser yep. uh ames bars being as easy to get into as iowa city oh that's my least favorite one that i hate my, that i would i would i'm so thankful that they are as strict as they are because me too it, it made like end of junior year and senior year, so nice to have that separation. And I just I hated going out in Iowa City. It's just it was gross. And everyone who went there said that they got tired of it. Like they would go to the bars their freshman and sophomore year, and they would just be done with it by like junior. Year, it got old really fast. And it's like that didn't happen in Ames, which and, and yeah, I don't know. It's also just weird to drink when I don't know. There are high schoolers around. That's the other thing is like, yeah, there's high schoolers because it's like 18 is a cutoff or whatever. And you have people who have fake to be 18 or whatever. I'm absolutely not disclosing this guy's name, but I I had a friend who was hitting on a girl at the bar. And um, then like the bouncers or the cops were coming around the bar, you know, just checking basically everyone's arm to see if they were actually of age. And as she's, as he's talking with this girl, she just sprints out the bar and like runs away. He's like, what the hell was that runs into her? Like, I don't know, a few weeks down there. I was like, what was that? She's like, oh yeah, I'm actually not 21. He's like, well, how old are you? Turns out, I don't even know if she was 18, but she was not above 18. And I'm just like, that is terrifying. First of all, I feel like you can kind of tell. So maybe some terrible judgment on his end, but nonetheless, screw that. That would be terrible. Just about. This about talking to 17-year-olds. Yes. Um, uh, okay, then I have uh, every night being mug night. I think everybody would just die. Um, yeah. True. Or Mark every night being with- dollars night, which I think is yes. the best night out. Yeah, I, I second that. I second that. Uh, the parking division not existing. That would be bad, too. I'm not going to lie. Everyone hates them, but, like, it would be chaotic trying to go anywhere on campus. I feel like there's Aaron no crafts. Room, Aaron Kraft sitting out the game versus Iowa State. <laughs> oh, just yeah. get sick. Yeah, we would have won. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then this one's pretty easy. It's uh, it's us not muffing a pun against Iowa. We would just deal with a lot less uh, memes being tossed our way. Yeah, that oh, gift yeah. wouldn't exist. That one, that that game hurt. Yeah, oh, I God. I didn't physically talk for an hour and a half after that. I specifically remember just like not being a human being for an hour and a half straight, just not saying a word. 
yeah. at Texas Roadhouse with my family, and I didn't say a word. I was just like in shock, disarray. I was like, okay. The worst was the just rolls. knowing that no. the next like year was just going to be hell for bragging Correct. rights. That yep. was the worst. I gotta okay. give Iowa fans one thing: they rub shit in very well, which is why I cannot wait for when we one day beat them in football. Which <laughs> I, I'm not gonna have any confidence saying that because it hasn't happened in a while. But holy shit, when it does, it's gonna feel great. Yeah. yeah. Do you have another what but, if new? Or uh, Liam, I, I'm I'm getting I'm quick to the trigger. You got one last thing? No, no, no. Those were the highlights of my list. My last one was AJ's having stall doors. I don't even know what the context of that is. So, <laughs> <laughs> Ben, we love you as a sponsor. You know, keep the we, keep we the do. keep the open shutters. <laughs> it, it, it builds bonding. That's what it does. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, well, my last one, Liam did mention a little bit because I wanted to end on a positive one. That was kind of my thought. Yes. Well, actually, both of mine ended up. Well, my my Paul Rose one was kind of negative um, because it's a Matt Campbellist football scene, which I don't really want to think about. Um, but this one is the classic of George Yang doesn't get hurt. What happens to this Iowa State team? And just looking at the tournament, I, I have it pulled up. Um, we with George without George Yang still gave the national champion winning Yukon Huskies a five point ball game. We lost to them 81 76. 81 76 without maybe our second most important player, maybe third. There's a, a little bit younger George, but still. And this Iowa State team matches up really well with the rest of the bracket. Yukon got number four, Michigan State. Beat them 60 to 54. Um, got to play a Kentucky team in the championship and a Florida team as well. And the Iowa State team was also just hot. They, they had momentum, they had leadership. Mm-hmm. They had DeAndre Kane, who was just a man among boys. He was actually 25 on the court, true man among boys. Um, and it's just, it's definitely one of those big what ifs that I think it haunts Iowa State fans the most. It's always like, uh, back to the visa thing, but it's always our, you can go back to the well, play the hits of like, what if George Yang never got hurt? This Iowa State team's going to the Final Four, which I wholeheartedly believe as well. I think this team for sure goes to the Final Four and potentially even wins in a national championship based on where they were, how well they were playing, and the components that they had on their team. But that is that. I love that. And, and maybe Fred Hoiberg sticks around a little bit too. Maybe, you know, I don't know, because that was the year before Fred left and, and maybe a little bit better tournament success or something makes them feel a little bit better than uh than that but i don't know and, that, and that one's a lot of fact check me on this someone can fact check me on this but i'm pretty sure iowa state held uconn to their lowest point differential um throughout it throughout anyone else in that ncaa tournament we were um, we were the cl- we were the closest game uh, that you can play that okay game. that's why i mentioned it we, it, we held and they were five points they were that was a great year Man, that's a good one because that, that, that one actually that was a has Sha- a lot of Shabazz Napier team. That was the Shabazz Napier team that went off. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, um, that was that was my hypothetical. I know it's a little bit of a cliche one, but it's it's always one of the positive ones. I think it, I feel like it's one of the biggest ones. You know, you get an Iowa State team that makes a Final Four or, or does that. Maybe Fred Hoiberg reconsiders wanting to leave for the NBA. I, I don't think that's a given. I think he didn't like a lot of elements of college basketball and we're kind of seeing that play its way at Nebraska. Sorry, Fred had to give that jab, but you know, yeah. like <laughs> that's where we're at. So um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to hold that, that take as long as I can. So I would too. And we all should because we, we would have been national champs and you can't convince me otherwise. Okay. My last hypothetical or my last, what if is, what if Brock Purdy committed to Alabama? Um, going down the rabbit hole from the Alabama end of things, I think there's a very good chance that we want to know Brock Purdy's name because you would see him behind Tua Tagovailoa, Jalen Hurts, Mac Jones. Let's be real here. <laughs> All three of them are NFL quarterbacks, starting NFL quarterbacks. I think we just got to bite the bullet and admit Brock Purdy probably wasn't going to get much playing time. Probably wasn't going to see him, you know, 
we, we might not know his name to this day. So on Purdy's end of things, probably some negatives. On Iowa State's end of things, I think you also find some negatives too. What's ironic was Real Mitchell was a bigger recruit coming out of high school than Brock Purdy. So a lot of people, even though he landed Purdy and were really pumped about it, I mean, Purdy was a good pickup too, let's be real. But a lot of people thought that Real might have started over Purdy. Now I think we can all attest to what that was and hands down Purdy was better for us but we would have had probably a better running game and a worse passing game. So what does that, you know, put us there? I think Real exacerbates that, you know, the rushing yards with most every single game. And if Real would have averaged about 80 yards a game, which is a little, you know, That's that might be asking a little too much. Yes. But I think it certainly could have been close to that. I think realistically 60 rushing yards a game for him. You guys got to keep in context how great of a runner that guy is. 60 yards of rushing a game. I think that's actually realistic. But something close to 80 yards in 2021, we would have gone from seventh in total rushing to first. Um, I know that would be a big jump. And no matter what, we would have had quite a jump with Real, you know, rushing there. It would have also put us third in rushing in 2019 with similar numbers as opposed to ninth, so second to last. Um, however, our passing game, like I said, it would have drastically dropped. Um, Collard's records probably wouldn't stand. And then our boy EJ Bibbs might have had a more statistically, you know, stout argument for greatest tight end in Iowa State history. Who knows? Um, I doubt we'd win as many games with the rushing um, with a rushing game overtaking our passing game. So that likely would have meant no big 12 championship appearance. That likely would have meant um, we don't make it to the 2020 and 2021 Fiesta Bowl, which ironically, if we were to have even made it to the Fiesta Bowl, we probably would have won that game with Real anyway. You know, the reason we beat them was through defense as well as um, the, our rushing attack. Purdy only had one touchdown for, I think, 129 yards that entire game for the Fiesta Bowl. But the question is, would we have even gotten there? I, I think it's safe to say probably not. So would have been a completely different style of offense. Records would not have been the same. Um, and again, obviously, Seneca would have probably still been holding a lot of the passing records as well as, you know, maybe Sage Rosenfels. So lots of Iowa State history from individual performances could have absolutely been changed with just Purdy's commitment to Alabama. So I think that that's more of a negative one probably, but a very interesting one at, at best. Real didn't hey, play his sophomore year. He, he didn't. Won. He didn't even see it. He didn't even see any game action for Temple. No, he didn't. But yeah. I mean, who else would have started over over Real? Probably would have just been Real. Yeah, true. So yeah. it would have been a fun hypothetical. Let's be real. No, it definitely wouldn't have. I feel like we also this one is like a little different because. I don't know. Towards the end of the year, it wasn't that like Psycho Nation did a flip on Brock, but I think some people thought that potentially Brock was a limiting factor in the offense due to like some turnovers and things like that. But like what Brock was able to do and how he was able to elevate the team, the culture, the buy-in is like, you know, unmeasurable. And to do it for four years as well is is extremely impressive. He hit the ground running as a freshman and, and never looked back. So Mm -hmm. Um, I, I don't, I, yeah, it's definitely a, a very negative hypothetical, you know, you can say the, what ifs, if, what if Rial gets a, a chance, like, okay, well, he got a chance at a, an even, you know, worse program and didn't really shine on a spotlight. And then you're maybe playing musical chairs yeah. with quarterbacks the next couple of years or something like that. You know, that also goes with it. You know, you could say you catch lightning on a ball or whatever, but you know, I think what Brock brought and the stability there, um, you know, really is is unmatched and as far as iowa state fans we couldn't ask for much more because we had you know maybe the greatest quarterback just come through and and, and play for us for four years so it's definitely a, a, a negative hypothetical it was also i don't know like you said it's kind of a low-key one i remember like the brock purdy recruitment being like i think it was later on in the recruiting season two and it was mm -hmm. one that it was like right at the end, Alabama kind of came in and then people were like, oh, is there something to this Brock Purdy guy that Iowa State's been looking at? And because Alabama's sniffing around, you know? Um, so I think even like that in itself um, of just like maybe how a little bit low-key it was is, is an interesting 
um, aspect around it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, Liam, do you have any more or did you rattle them all off? No, I rambled them all off. <laughs> <laughs> That's I love it. I love it. All right. Well, that was fun. Um, if we think of more, we might just sprinkle them in, in our next episodes here and there. Um, before we close out though, some self-criticism newt i listened back in that weird al yankovic joke that i threw out there that just didn't land at all i cringed so hard listening back <laughs> at it and i can't tell if it was you that just didn't get it or if the delivery was bad but either way we should have just struck in that from the record i i, did, I wish i'd never heard that that was ugh, ugh. i i genuinely did not know if you knew that there was a difference in how the two words were spelled which that one's on and me. That is something that I that I might not know. That, I mean, for because what it's worth, that I sometimes I when history, you pronounce you know? words or names or things like that, there are very questionable pronunciations. So like, there I are. Was like, is Mason just like think that parody is one word that has encompasses everything? <laughs> could be very well. Could be. Uh, you know, who needs the forms of there, there, and there when you can just say there and let the people guess? Um, exactly. So I, I, if no. I'm verbalizing it, I don't have to spell it. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I thought it was funny in hindsight. I, I did after I was like, that was a pretty <laughs> decent joke. Um, but in the moment of just like, did he actually mean to make this as a joke? I, I did. I did probably um, let a little air out of the balloon. So that's that's fair. I, I you know I, I appreciate you being honest with me. Um, and you know what? I'm going back to the drawing board. You'll you will not see a single podcaster work as hard as I will over the course of the next few weeks to make sure that those jokes land moving forward. But um, anything else before we close out today, boys? I got nothing. Um, hey Ralph, Ralph's got something. He might. He might. Ralph, you got to take. I, I think you had a what? You have a what if? I was like, you know, he usually barks multiple times. That was like one of the first singular barks I've heard. So he's getting better. Wow. Look at that. You're training him. Good job. Oh, all right. <laughs> right on yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Strong finish to this episode, boys. <laughs> and if you made it this far, please head on over to BNC field house for the best drink deals on Welch Avenue. Best place to watch the big game as well. Just support our boy, Ben. He is awesome. If you haven't met that guy, just pop in there. Say, Hey, can I say hi to Ben? And He'll pop right out, say, how's it going, buddy? And you'll just feel so much better about yourself. So head on over there, support our boy, Ben. And as always, thank you for listening. Roll clones. Roll clones, baby. Roll clones.